Welcome to Conversations with Buddy, coming to you live from the Rec Podcast Recording Studio here in Kaiser, Oregon. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. Hope that someone is you. Please take a moment and share on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm very excited to introduce my guest and friend, Reed Saunders. Welcome, Reed. Thank you, buddy. It's an honor and privilege to be here this morning. I'm pumped. Dude, I'm excited. Dude, I love your energy, by the way. I, I really do. Your your tagline, it follows me everywhere. All for Jesus, always. <laughs> so, dude, I really appreciate you. I know you're a busy guy and a world traveler, but you took a moment out this morning, so we really appreciate that. So we're going to dive in a little bit, but I'm just going to do a quick intro f- to you, and then we can dive into each of those areas and... I'll probably have some funny questions for you and maybe some more serious questions. But uh, so real quick, you are a husband. How long have you been married? Been married 23 years. 23 yeah, years. My wife, Carmen. Carmen. Well, you're a lucky man. She's a nice lady. <laughs> she is to put up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Father of three. You betcha. Ages of your kids are? We, uh, our oldest, Aslan, is 20. Our daughter, Miley, is 18. And our youngest son, Tobin, is 15. Next week, going to be the big 16. Driver's license coming. That's right. So drivers be wary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are an author. Now, how many books you got? I've, I've got one book. It's got an eight on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four. Four books. Four books. Just four. Yeah. Holy holy cow. That's awesome. You're a worldwide evangelist. Tagline, all for Jesus. We know that. And this last piece, the doctorate in evangelism, that is brand new. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, pretty exciting. So I got my doctorate in global evangelism from Multnomah. Uh, just an incredible um, opportunity to be able to get the study and training uh, to just see what God's doing, particularly in the U.S. when it comes to evangelism. So it's very eye-opening. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's so Thank cool. You. Amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit about you, kind of where you where where were you born? Uh, how'd you get to Salem? Because I know a little bit of your story, but you're going to share it because the world needs to hear the story. And uh, where's God taking you? So let's go back to the very beginning. Where were you born at? I was born in Petaluma, California, where they say you can pet a llama, but you can't pet a llama. <laughs> I was hoping you'd share that because <laughs> yeah. that, that's one of my favorite stories. You know, <sighs> stories make me laugh. And I could hear that a hundred times and still laugh on the hundredth time. I love that about you, buddy. You're like the only one that laughs at my jokes. So yeah, thanks, I brother. It. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so you grew up in Petaluma. Um, you were an athlete in high school. Yes, yeah. I love playing that. sports. Football and baseball were kind of my two main sports. Yeah. I played a little bit in college before I went to Corbin. Uh, I played football with uh, Larry Allen, who was an offensive guard. He actually won a couple Super Bowls with the Cowboys and got elected to the Hall of Fame. So okay. he was a beast. And being a huge 49er fan, we'd have all the pro scouts at the practices. So I'd always be trying to catch passes and say, hey, Jerry Rice has to retire one of these days. <laughs> They're like, yeah, right, Saunders, not a chance. <laughs> so you're a hardcore 49er fan. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Niners, Giants, and Warriors. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Love it. Well, then you uh, migrated up to Salem. Yep. So tell us that story, how you how you got here. I sure did. Well, I came to Christ at 17. It's when I gave my life to Jesus and literally went from catching footballs to catching men. I mean, God just gave me the gift, the calling, the passion to share Jesus with as many people as possible. And so I knew that God had called me to be an evangelist at 17. So I knew I needed to get training in the Word of God and the Bible. And so my grandfather, a very godly man, 
Uh, he suggested Western Baptist College, now called Corbin, to get a solid biblical education and foundation for my life in ministry. So that's what opened the door for me to go to Western Baptist College. WBC, now Corbin, I uh, started there in 1995 in the fall. 95. So go back and just share a little bit of your testimony. How did you come to yeah. faith in Christ? You know, it's interesting. I didn't come from a, a church. I didn't have a church background. I mean, my grandfather was a very godly man, but I hardly ever went to churches as a kid. And so I was a sophomore. So I was 17 years old and God just started stirring in my heart. I remember we were doing poetry for our English section at school and I we're doing odes like ode to whatever. And I remember doing an ode to God and basically saying, God, if you know, you're there, show yourself to me. And also I just got this stirring in my heart to start reading through the Bible. And so I started in Genesis, literally made it all the way into John. And I came to John 3.16. Those of you listening know it's the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. You see it at sporting events. You know, we've got, we've got, you know, the World Cup coming up here from Qatar. So you'll probably see that in the stand. So John 3.16, when I came to that verse, buddy, it says, For God so loved the world. I literally felt like it was saying, For God so loved Reed. That he gave his one only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's where all for Jesus came. I was so amazed that Jesus was all for me. I was like, man, I want to live my life all for Jesus. And so at the age of 17, I put my faith and trust in Jesus, believed he died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the grave. Uh, Jesus took me from death to life and gave me a passion to reach people for him. And so I just knew I wanted to spend my life doing this. I had no idea what it's going to look like in the long term, but I just knew as long as I had breath, I wanted to tell people about Jesus. So I had the privilege to lead my mom to the Lord, uh, my dad to the Lord recently, and I was still praying for my sister to come to know Jesus. Yeah, I remember the story about your sister. You've been praying for her for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, the prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. I believe you believe that. I mean, you're, you're a committed guy. I've seen you uh, at church. I've seen you outside of church and consistently I get the same read. You never change. Yeah. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. That consistency tells me you have a belief, a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. So that's really neat. Okay. So then you move up to Corbin. How'd you, how'd you and Carmen meet? So it was a day like this. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a crisp fall day. Yeah. So we we met, actually, we were doing an outreach. We were putting together, we called it Salem Crusade for Christ. And so we were rallying the students and doing an outreach at Corbin. And so Carmen was a part of the prayer team leading up to the to crusade. We call them festivals today, but it was crusade back then. And I was just blown away. I mean, obviously, she was beautiful on the outside, of course, but I was really drawn to her beauty on the inside, her, her love for Jesus and really her love for evangelism. I mean, there, you know, there's not that many people out there that have a heart uh, for evangelism. And I was blown away by Carmen's love for Jesus and love for reaching those that don't know him. And so we just, through that time of, of praying and being a part of the, of the crusade, we met. Uh, we had our first date at Chin's Restaurant over on, you know, Commercial Street, for those yeah, of I you local. Uh, classic line, though, buddy. I just, I was, I'm just so funny. Like, I just laugh at myself. So there's an elderly couple sitting there. This is our very first date at, at the restaurant at Chin's. So they look like they've been married forever. And this is our very first date, buddy. And so I, we're sitting there eating, you know, our chicken chow mein or whatever. And I look over and said, hey, Carmen, look at that that old couple over there. They look like they've been married forever. Hey, that could be us someday. <laughs> was our first date. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she opened up her for- fortune cookie and said, not a chance. Not a chance. Went, no, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, that's hilarious. That's <laughs> funny, man. All for Jesus, all for marriage. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. But you huh. didn't scare her off because you obviously got married and yes, yeah. history. I always say next to Jesus, she's my best friend, you know, and I, I definitely couldn't do um, this without her. We do this together. We're a team for the king is what we say, you know. Team for the king. Yeah. You know, modeling... Being a good husband and uh, modeling a great marriage, 
that is how Christ wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important because if we don't have great marriages, mm-hmm. how is it somebody's going to want to follow what we're doing? Mm-hmm. So, well said. It's so true. Billy Graham said it beautiful about marriage. He said, there's three people in my marriage. You said his wife, Ruth, himself, and you said Christ. And I think that's the key mm-hmm. to our marriage, Carmen and I, and to healthy marriages is having Christ to focus because you need Jesus in marriage, right? For sure. It's the only hope, Yeah, man. amen to that, brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. I noticed that you have your Bible open. Mm-hmm. Is there a scripture that you're thinking of that you want to share with us? Yeah, yeah. So when I came to Christ at 17, one of the, the passages that stood out kind of with my heart for the Lord and reaching the lost is Romans 10, 13 through 15, where Paul says, For everyone, everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, he says, Well, then how can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? As is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's just my heart, you know, and those of you listening that know Christ, I mean, you, your feet are the uh, the beautiful feet that bring the beautiful, powerful message of Christ to those that need him. And I just want to say this, we are living in a time right now, buddy, where people all around are asking this question, is there God and does he care about me? And I found my own gospel conversations here in town in Salem or on airplanes I have found that 8 out of 10 people I talk to are open to hearing about Jesus. Now, do they all give their lives to the Lord? No, but are they open? Yes. I mean, you look about what's happening. We've got, you know, the wars. We've got inflation. You've got, we had that global pandemic, and people are longing for hope. And that's where us, we who have the feet of the beautiful good news of Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, that everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. And so all those who are listening, let's get out and tell our, our friends, our loved ones about Jesus, because today is a day of salvation. That's right. Today is a day. I love that. That's really one of my favorite passages as well. Those beautiful feet that go out. Yeah. I can remember when my daughters were in high school, they went to a, uh, on a mission trip to, I can't remember where it was at. What's what's the, on the island of, well, it was Haiti actually. Oh yeah. That's, so they went there and I remember my wife and I going, what did we just do? Send our kids to Haiti mm-hmm. without us. But you know, we, we believe that God has a plan and and they came back changed. So those beautiful feet went out, and now they keep sharing the gospel. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. You've been uh, evangelizing worldwide for a very long time. When did you first go, and what would you say the most impactful trip has been? I know they're all impactful, but yeah, give us some good stuff. Yeah, well, my very first trip was 2001, and you know I've only flown maybe a couple times before then. And so I'm on these big, big planes, right? And so I was so embarrassed. I got locked in the bathroom. I couldn't figure out how to get out, you know. Oh, no. My first trip overseas and the evangelist is stuck in the bathroom. So anyway, the flight attendant finally got me out. I was so embarrassed. Anyway, so my first trip was, I was in South Africa. I was in Johannesburg doing some ministry and Uganda was kind of that first, that first trip. And I tell you what, being in, in Africa and just being with the people and having the privilege to preach the gospel, I was very, very young at the time. Um, anyway, it was just a, something I'll never forget, and really just encouraging the the pastors and churches. And that's always been a, a passion of my heart as an evangelist. Is if you look at the gifts of the evangelist, the gifting, right, listed in Ephesians four, yeah. it's all to build the body of Christ. And so everything we do as a ministry is with, for, and through the local churches. And so just be able to be on that first trip, engaging with pastors, encouraging them, and reaching their community for Christ. I'll never, I'll never forget that. Um, one of my favorite trips. I'll give you two. One was in China, where I got, actually got to preach the gospel, the Great Wall. It was very dangerous. It was crazy. But we uh, chartered a bunch of buses and bought students in. And, you know, e- even some 
iconic landmarks in America, even people that live in that area. You know, like for me growing up in the Golden Gate Bridge, I didn't think much of it. In fact, it wasn't until I was a teenager that I actually went to the Golden Gate Bridge. I know, believe it or not, other than driving across it to walk across it. And so there's a lot of people in Beijing, China, that have never been to the Great Wall. So we use that as an opportunity for friends to bring their unsafe friends to. And so I was right there at the Great Wall preaching the gospel, you know, in a communist country and saw lots of kids come to Christ. I'll never, I'll never forget that. But my favorite one of all time was preaching the gospel in Israel. I was actually in Bethlehem. And we, we were actually preaching the gospel to many Palestinians. Palestinians. And to be able to preach there and say, you know, Jesus was born here in Bethlehem, right? And just point across to, to Jerusalem and say, you know, Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the grave right, right over here. And so to be able to preach the gospel in the Holy Land, I'll never forget it. Wow. What an incredible time. You've traveled to how many countries now? Uh, 101. Wow, I don't even know there's 101 countries, but yeah, <laughs> apparently there is. Yeah. <laughs> 101 countries. Yeah. So how many times a year do you guys travel as a group? with RSA. Yeah, so um, the board, my board allows me to travel to do six international festivals a year. And then there's several U.S. ones that we do. And the exciting thing for, for me is just like Luis Palau and Billy Graham poured into me, I want to pour into that next generation and really identify and equip um, evangelists. So for example, next year, I've been mentoring an evangelist that's actually going to do a festival in El Salvador. Uh, our team's behind it, but I'm not even going. So we're able to do more now as we're kind of equipping that next generation. Yeah, how cool yeah. is that to, yeah. to give the gift of what you were given mm-hmm. from Billy Graham and Luis Palau? That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to fill that that void. Definitely. It's pretty cool. So as you think about like this year, what's 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 this year, what's on the schedule for the rest of 2022, and then mm-hmm. 2023, what does that look like for you? Yeah, yeah, thanks, buddy. Well, those of you who are listening and love Jesus, please be praying. I'm heading off to Vietnam here uh, shortly after Thanksgiving. I mean, this is incredible to be able to preach the gospel, be in Ho Chi Minh City, formerly you know Saigon, uh, they changed the name, and then also to Hanoi, which is up in the north. This is a communist country, and God has opened a door. They, they kind of allow these Christmas celebrations, and so I can come and talk about <laughs> the hope, the purpose of Christmas, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ. So we're going to be able to do uh, a big outreach. I think they're expecting around 15,000 people to come up to the outreach in Ho Chi Minh City, and then we'll be doing two nights of outreaches in uh, Hanoi as well. So we bring out the BMX bike guys that do their tricks off the ramps. The, the youth love that. And then preaching the good news of Jesus. So it's going to be amazing. December 1st through 12th yeah. in Ho Chi Minh, Hanoi. And then next year, um, so our board this year, we kind of started this new strategic plan we put together where we're going to go to places that have 15 or less percent of Christ followers. So we capped it at 15 because we want to make sure there's enough of a church presence for follow-up, right? Because Jesus yeah. didn't call us to make decisions, call us to make disciples. Mm-hmm. So we'll make sure there's a presence there. So like next year, we're going to be in Pakistan. We were there this year, which is crazy. I mean, I'm up there preaching. You guys got machine guns on both sides of me as I'm preaching. So I was like, hope they like my sermon. Anyway, yeah. Wow. yeah. So we'll be in Pakistan again. We're actually going to go back to Israel and do outreaches, not only in Bethlehem, but also in Jerusalem this time. So we'll be ministering to the Palestinians and then to the Jews, which I'm really excited about for that opportunity. We'll be in Bergamo, Italy. We will be doing outreaches in Puerto Rico. We'll be in Uruguay. Uh, we're actually going to be in uh, Amsterdam, and we're going to be in uh, the Philippines as well uh, next wow. year. So I got a funny question for you, and then I got another serious question. The funny question is, what's your favorite snack 
I've heard this before, so I've never heard it from you directly. What's your favorite snack while you're traveling? Uh-huh. And then how do you conquer fear as you travel in these areas where there's guns, um, communism, people who hate Christians? What does, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Very good question. So if, answer your first one, it's power bars, brother. Power bars. Yeah, I, heard that. I, I go down Costco, get my, you know, protein bars. I, I want to think about my earlier trips. I'd have so many of my team members that would be, you know, locked in their rooms to say the least because of some things that they'd eaten. And I'm like, man, if I'm gonna be all the way away from my family, I wanna be preaching, you know, not not sick. So I started doing protein bars for like twenty something years and it works great. Haven't been sick yet. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to eat the wrong food and yeah, end up where yeah. you shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. Plus I can't stand spicy food, buddy. You know, and most <laughs> of most of the the spices uh, internationally, especially in Asia, they have three three types. It's hot, hotter, and hottest. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And I just can't stand wow. it. Wow. Yeah. I have a saying when I see curry, I, I scurry in a hurry. And then when I'm in Africa, I say, you won't get any goat down my throat. So those are a couple of my sayings. That's, yeah, that's right. Those are good, man. <laughs> and to answer your your second question, you were, you were asking me um, about, let's see, what were you asking me again about trips? Something to do with uh, that? So, Reid, as you think about uh, going to these countries and there's fear communism, guns, how do you not be fearful? Right, right. Now, that's a good question. You know, uh, a couple of verses come out to my mind. One is perfect love cast out fear, right? And yes. so I think about God's love for the people that need to hear the gospel. So forget the fear. They need Jesus. I'm going to go by faith and share the gospel. Second thing is I love what Timothy says, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, or timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And so I just think about relying on the Spirit of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus. And I think also, too, you think about the followers of Christ, right? The apostles, many of them, and the early followers of Jesus were martyred for for their faith. And even today, buddy, I don't think a lot of Christians realize how many believers are being killed for their faith around the world. So let's go all in for Jesus, right? For, like Paul Absolutely. said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So let's get out and share Amen. Jesus, right? Wow. Yeah, definitely. So we're probably a little bit more halfway through this uh, podcast, but I'm going to give you three questions to talk about. Uh, one, tell us a little bit more about RSA, when it began, what does RSA stand for? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, from your perspective, uh, if somebody had a question on hearing the gospel, what would that, mm-hmm. what would that be? Mm-hmm. How would somebody, how would you reach out to somebody, or how would somebody reach out to you to hear more about this gospel message? Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, what we're going to end is, what is the future of Reed Saunders, you know, and RSA, or you as just as a person, as a father and husband? Mm-hmm. So, three questions. Lots of you can unpack a lot there. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate that. So uh, the first question you were asking me is about, uh, tell me again, going to the... Yeah, let's talk about a little bit about RSA, like the backstory of RSA. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So 20 years ago, I uh, started, started the ministry and just really had a heart to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So we always say, take the message of the cross to the ends of the earth, all for Jesus. So I love to go to those unreached parts um, around the world where people haven't heard the name of Jesus before, which sadly is becoming more common uh, in this day and age. So love to go to those unreached areas. Everything we do is with, for, and through the local churches. So our festivals typically take anywhere between a year and a half to two years to plan. And then we mm-hmm. get a commitment for them to follow up for an additional two years because everyone that comes to Christ, we want to see a disciple plugged into local church. 
We don't want to be an association that blows in, blows up, and blows out when it comes to coming to these areas. We really want to saturate the community, and we want to help the local church to really form a kind of a season of evangelism. So that's really a heartbeat as we go into these areas. We also have medical teams we come in that will show the love of Christ, opens the door to share the love of Christ, especially in a lot of Muslim areas that can be very difficult to get into. And then everywhere we go, we publicly and boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus. So before we go to the next question, uh, if somebody wanted to be involved with RSA, could they? And how would they contact you to talk more about that? If maybe they f- they're feeling called to be a part of RSA, to, to be part of an evangelism crew that travels the world. I love that. So they can go to our website, readsaunders.org. is a great way uh, to, to connect with us. They have all the information, how to contact us as well. And one thing I'm really excited about too, buddies, we're building an evangelism training center uh, here in Salem, Oregon. It's called the Act Center. We're called uh-huh. the Act Center versus, you know, 1-8, you see power and the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And it's really going to be a training school where we're going to be identifying and train evangelists. We're also going to train people of all ages, anyone that wants to have confidence and clarity to share Jesus across the street around the world. Because 90% of Christ followers will never share Jesus with another person in their lifetime, believe it or not. Yeah. 90%. Yeah, 90%. And today, 51% of churchgoers in America don't even know what the Great Commission is. And 63% of believers say it's not their responsibility to share the gospel. So we need to change those statistics. Whoa. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. When you think about the future of RSA and Reed Saunders as just a person, Mm -hmm. what's God calling you to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Jesus said in John 4, 35, he said, look at the fields ripe for harvest. Uh, But the chapter 9 of Matthew version of this, he says, but to pray for more workers, right? And part of my vision and calling as an evangelist is to train other workers to get out in the harvest fields. You know, God doesn't want to just use one of us. He wants to use all of us, right? And it's every believers joy not just responsibility but joy to be out in the harvest field sharing the good news of jesus so i want to multiply i see my role as an evangelist in two ways to build the body of christ proclamation which is sharing the good news of jesus but secondly is multiplication training people to get out in the harvest fields so i would love to multiply myself i would love to identify evangelists train and launch them out like we're doing this year with el salvador and i also would love to train and really reach out to christ followers and help them get out into their harvest fields and share jesus and those of you that are listening if you're in the business community, maybe you're a teacher, wherever you're at, that God has given you your sphere of influence, your neighborhood, where you live. I believe God has strategically placed us where wherever at in our sphere of influence to shine bright for Jesus and to love people enough to tell them about Jesus. Wow. That's awesome. God's got big plans for you, Reed. He's been working through you for a long time. And you know, we as believers, we can be disobedient. We can choose not to, but God's called you and you've been obedient the whole time. It's really amazing. It's my honor to serve Jesus. He's the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we know how to reach out to you. Just go to RSA, the Reed Saunders website. Yeah. And RSA is Reed Saunders, you know, association. Yeah. When do you expect the building to be complete so that training can begin? Well, we're going to start. We have Corey Redding, an amazing builder and friend here in Salem, that's going to be building it. We've had the community come together in such a powerful way. We've raised pretty much all the funds, so it's pretty exciting. And so, thank the Lord, we're going to be starting building uh, early, early spring of next year, and it'll take about a year uh, to finish. That's so cool. But we're not waiting for the building. We've already started with the training and what we're doing, so it's exciting. Yeah. 
Well, hey, brothers, we wrap up this podcast. It's been great to chat with you. I love you, man. You're just an yeah. awesome dude. Love you too, brother. I, I mean, appreciate I really you. Do. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd love to share as maybe a final comment that would impact somebody somewhere in the world? You share a lot of scripture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything left that you'd love to just share? Yeah, two things. First of all, maybe you're you're listening to this podcast and you don't know Jesus. I just want to remind you, first of all, that God hasn't forgotten you. He loves you and cares about you. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That God loves you. He made you for a relationship with him. The Bible says your sins have separated you from God. That word sin literally means to rebel against God, to break his commandments. Sin's basically saying, God, my life's not about you. It's all about me. And the Bible says in Isaiah 59, 2, your sins have separated you from your God. But the amazing news is God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus to do what you and I can't do on our own. He paid the penalty for your sins on the cross. He shed his blood that you might live. He died. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. And Jesus rose again to show he's victorious over death, defeated the devil, and made it possible to deliver you from all of your sins. And simply by faith, you can turn from your sins and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe your son Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the grave. And you can say a simple prayer and say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the grave. Be my Lord and Savior. And so you simple prayer like that, Jesus can take you from death to life. And so I pray if you don't know Jesus, you commit your life to him right here, right now. Wow. And secondly, those of you who know Jesus, and maybe you have a loved one, like from you have someone like in your life, like my sister doesn't know the Lord. Let me just give you a tool that I've been doing every day. It's called Pray for Bob. I don't know if you've seen What About Bob. It's just one of my favorite movies, but it talks about baby steps, right? So one way you can take baby steps is share the gospel. Uh, what about Bob? So the B for Bob stands for a burden. So every day you pray for a burden for the lost. The O of the B is opportunities. So you pray for open doors or opportunities to share Jesus. And then the third B is a boldness, a boldness to share Jesus. And so be praying for the people in your life that need Jesus and then pray that God will give you an open door to tell them about Jesus. And one of the great simple steps that you can share Jesus is sharing your story. Just like Buddy was asking me and I shared my story, how Jesus changed my life. Sharing your story is a great way to share the gospel because people can debate a lot of things, but one thing they can't debate is how Jesus changed your life. So to be thinking right now as you're listening to this podcast, two questions I have for you in closing. Number one, who do you know that needs Jesus? And question number two, what are you going to do about it? Sharing your story is a great way to do that. And I've always said this as well, buddy, and I'll finish with this. Evangelism is really simple. Fall so in love with Jesus that you can't help but tell others about him. Wow. I got some work to do. We all do, brother. Yeah. 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 Reed, man, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast, for your heart, for our community, and really for our world, because you're a world evangelist, and you go to places that would probably honestly scare me. But I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that God has changed your heart um, to love him, Mm -hmm. and he's your primary. Well, we'll probably do this again, I'm pretty sure, at some point in time after some a year of travel, or maybe you get the building up, we can have another podcast. But yep. I just want to say thanks to all the listeners. Uh, appreciate you being a part of our podcast. We appreciate the rec for hosting us. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>